Hello, hello everybody, and welcome to, I think, I believe, and I'm probably wrong, but episode 58 of I Understood That Reference. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to introduce this as, like a rebrand of the podcast that you were going to call it as, I think I sort of maybe understand that reference. I thought that's what you were going for there. I was like, oh, a rebrand that didn't, you didn't run this by me, but I'm out. I'm okay with it, though. Considering we get about 70% of things right and 30% of things wrong, I feel like uh, I start, sort of kind of understood that reference is probably more, maybe more apt for what we should call ourselves. <laughs> I nearly I nearly got there with that reference. That, that has a very similarly zippy out ring to it. I think that's perfect, yeah. actually. I was close enough with that reference. Yeah. <laughs> Arish or look with that reference. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Would you feck off at that reference? Would you? <laughs> Wait, get up that stairs. Get up that stairs to that reference, you fecker. It's happened. It's happened. Episode episode one. <laughs> episode one of get up that stairs to that oh, reference. Jesus, I've just spilled water. I've laughed so are as usual a movie and film and comic and game and whatever kind of whatever kind of stuff comes up podcast ah, sure whatever the feck sure 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 yeah. sure just sure feck off <laughs> <laughs> please, please don't i don't but whatever whatever floats your boat kind of thing uh, and now is a great time for cinema because the films are starting to oh. come back there's news there's reviews oh. there's lots of jazz you know Ooh. now most of it we won't cover <laughs> but uh, <laughs> more importantly than all that rob again how are you buddy I'm doing grand. And you know, it's funny, you brought it up, and we'll get to it later, but it, it's nice to be, well, we're not there, we're not there yet, but I've, we're getting close to that, that nice kind of popping out for a movie kind of a vibe. Just go to the cinema. I just did it, I'm going to get on Monday. We'll talk about it in a few minutes, but, oh, it, it, it's a really nice sort of, particularly, I don't know about you, but I like to target the cinema in like the first half of the week as like a, an, you know, like to lift the Tuesday blues, you know, yourself. Yes. It's an amazing lift to like, you know, the weekend's over. But sure, let's book in a an old trip to the cinema. Have a great old time. It's, yeah. a, it's a lovely evening. So there you. So I did that this week, and it does give you a nice mood boost. It gets the endorphins going. Got to got to go go for those uh, in sweet sweet endorphins. Oh know? yeah, sweet sweet that toffee that toffee pop. If you know what I bloody mean. <laughs> the delicious twangy endorphins. <laughs> but it is no, I agree. It's a nice a nice early week thing because you, you like you said it like it extends the enjoyment. You're like it's the week, but you see you can still do fun things. Exactly. You can still do nice things. You don't even have to get don't drunk have to, to don't do. Have it. To drink. <laughs> Look at that. Exactly. <laughs> we went to the same place. Same time. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I really wish I had like opened a, a can or something at that stage. Oh, that Actually, been, that would have been perfect. Speaking of, you know what, Rob? What I'm drinking because it is a Wednesday as we film this, but I am currently drinking non-alcoholic Guinness. I've heard about this rigmarole. Oh, Jesus! Sorry, <laughs> I had a timer set for something. Sorry, that gave me a hop. <laughs> Tell me about this Guinness. <laughs> to be honest, it is. It is fairly indistinguishable from an actual alcoholic Guinness. Like it, ah, you're running out of bollocks. I'm t- listen, listen. I didn't expect this either, but it just it doesn't have the same sharp aftertaste. I will say that, so it's not as nice. But look, I did I did a taste test with like five of my friends, and three of them were able to guess which was the non-alcoholic, and the other two weren't. So there you go. Wow, it's, okay, it's, it's close it, enough. God, it's like the uh, the Pepsi Coke test from back in the day. Do you remember that was in the shops? I, I do indeed. I remember it, they did it on Grafton, or just up beside Stevens Green, the shopping centre there. Mm. So there you go. And Pepsi won by by miles. So that's why it was genius, because Pepsi realised that 
the initial taste you get from just a sip of Pepsi just is sweeter than Coke, but yes. Coke is much easier to drink over time, I think, in general, is what people say, because Pepsi is a very, becomes very sickly with Pepsi, but then, I guess, Coke. I say it's like I'm some sommelier for, for Coke, but the that was the general <laughs> gist of it, and it was it worked a treat, and they, they, they probably carved into a bit of that Coca-Cola market share, the slight divils. The slight one, well, they all have those one euro cans now as well. I mean, it sounds like mm. we're shilling for both Guinness and Pepsi and Coke right now, and I assure you, we are not. <laughs> Which is exactly not what they wanted to come out of that campaign. And by both of us. <laughs> That's what we yeah, exactly, yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Instinguishable. Yeah, look, I guess we should probably start talking about films now. And I, we're going to, uh-huh. look, again, we talk about this all the time. We don't, we don't, we don't do reviews here, okay? But. But. Saying that, we do sometimes give our thoughts on films and what we think of them. And Rob, you, as you said, have just been to the cinema on Monday and you saw what? I saw Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And let me tell you, I had a great time with this. This was just unfiltered. They wanted to make their own. This was like, we want to make our own just pure interpretation of what we feel this is. A modern version of an American, an Asian American superhero, excuse me. And they, they just ticked all the boxes to make it a fun time. And it had heart, which I really enjoyed. And good God, the cast are fantastic. Which I think really just does a lot of the carrying in. Like a film, you know, if the cast is good, it kind of it can bring you a lot, a lot of the way already. But, the you know, the story is fairly sound. The effects are fantastic for the most part, or at least very interesting. And I just thought it was just, it was, you know, when I was describing Black Widow, and I came out with just such a flat impression of, like my take I just like like I, I didn't feel any bit inspired coming out of that film at the cinema you know you're leaving this like I was in the pit of despair I was so sad I nearly drank an, an alcohol free Guinness whereas this time how dare you <laughs> I came out of, I, I talked about this the last day it's about uh, my marker of a good film for me personally is like I come out of the film and I'm, I'm just dying to talk about loads of different things like I, do you remember this bit when this happened or do you remember it was really exciting when he did this or could you believe it when this little twist to Ruski happened or th- th- that kind of we had loads of that so I went to my room and we, had, we just had loads of fun talking about what we'd just seen which I hadn't got from I didn't even get that from Suicide Squad as much like you come away going ah oh, that's good but Shang-Chi had just a load of nice key components to make it really entertaining. Um, I'll start right up top. The guy who they've cast, Simu Liu, I think is his name. He is fantastic. He is a brilliant addition to the roster, the MCU roster. He's, I think he's, he, he was born in China. He grew up in Canada. So like he has that authentic Asian American kind of, kind of blend. Like he speaks uh, Mandarin in the film is really cool at, at different points and just between English and Mandarin, but he's just so charismatic and like really chilled and kind of humble. It's a really just nice measured character. He's not he's not quipping for the sake of it. He's not a smart arse. He's just a really like bit down in his look, but a really just earnest interpretation of a character. And like and he, like he he looks the part as well. He's absolutely jacked. He does from what I can understand, he did like all the his sort of kung fu sequences, which are brilliant. Certainly in the first half of the film, it caught me off guard how creative they were with with some of the action sequences like really fun stuff not it wasn't just explosions it was just you know when you go back to that kind of grounded sort of action that cap had where it feels more weighted and tangible because you feel like you can you can see the punches coming and it's not just a melee of explosions and cgi this has that same sort of tactile feel a lot of the time His- so, so what i'm hearing what i'm hearing from you rob is that it's almost as good as the martial arts from the acclaimed iron fist netflix series <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> where I, I, ju- I just heard the other day that the guy who played Danny Rand, whose name escapes me now, as does my memory of most of that awful, awful show. <laughs> but he didn't actually, uh, Finn Jones, yes. he didn't actually show up for most of his stunt re- rehearsals or anything. So that's why most of this, the, the, the show is filmed in like darkness and the scenes are shot really unusually because they were like, mm. we have we have to obscure his face constantly. And also... So maybe that's why he like yeah, gets his head kicked in constantly. And that's why also I think when, you know when he actually is doing scenes when they have to happen in daylight and it's just cut. It's just jarringly edited and cut. Like every punch is a different cut. In, yeah, because they couldn't like make it look any bit effective unless they did it that way. Which you, and I, I feel sorry for them in that sense because that's a that's a real pity because a lot of the other like stunt people and cast members they had were putting in really good, interesting performances. <laughs> like they were, effort, effort. Sorry, that's the second part. <laughs> they they were uh, working for their payment, <laughs> the barter for goods and services. Yeah, exactly. It just shows you you put in the you put in the hours and then the. the you, the product speaks for itself then like it was it, it was really fantastic like I, I i follow him on instagram and twitter and he's the guy the, the lead guy from um shang chi this similu um actor and he's he's just putting up loads of stuff he's really good fun and he's putting up stuff just behind the scenes of him doing it and like this bit where he leaps you know just there's a you've seen in the trailers where he's there's a bus chase and sort of fight scene yes. and it shows him doing some of the stunt work there and like you can see it's like obviously there's a blue screen in the background but he's leaping around an actual bus on this moving platform and I, look i think for a lot of people they might find maybe it does look a little bit kind of over stylized at times and there's some slow-mo but i actually think that's more because they're trying to do an homage to the hong kong action of you know the 80s that kind of they, they, they definitely lean into that hard as well and stuff yeah all, the, all that good jack oh my god sorry hard boiled uh, what's his name uh, that actor Ch- Chow Young Fat Chow Young Fat well yes great stuff in there and um, great movie Hard Boiled is a yeah. great movie they brought seen man John they, they brought in a video game version of that do you know that and it's amazing because yes, they, yes, they had like a bullet and... time and it was tons of fun it's like Kung Fu with bullet time and everything it's, it's like a better version of what they try to do with those Matrix video games it's excellent what is th- ho ho to Matrix huh? anyway segue in a second yeah. th- I'm trying to remember what that hard boiled video game was because it was released when the Playstation 3 Te- first some, came some, out something tequila tequila something something tequila because that's his name his it's, name that's, is that's tequila his, character, that's his character's, character's name, name is tequila or something like that so wow I'll look it up while you're yarning about it. But I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad though to hear because Shang Chi in the comics as well. He was an Avenger for a while there under the uh, the the penmanship of Jonathan Hickman, but he never really stood out. Like he's not a he's not. A, I wouldn't say he's a hugely renowned character. He's not like a top tier Marvel character. And I think in a way, that's where Marvel need to be now because it's like they need another kind of Guardians of the Galaxy. They need another character oh, who's slightly yes. segmented from the rest of the cast and not everything is like, oh, well, where's Captain America? Well, where's Iron Man? And where's Black Widow? And where's Bob? Because you just need a bit of room to grow on your own. I'm so glad you brought that up because that doesn't come up. But at no point do you question why they would ask that just based the way this works. This is a this is actually very much a family-oriented story, which is nice. So it keeps itself contained through that logic that's that's why it's able to stay kind of within its own kind of boundaries um all i would say to people is like if this is a nice just refreshing another refreshing pivot from marvel to do just something interesting with a character and again they cleverly kind of retrofit kind of the, the past of some of these characters into the existing universe without feeling too forced they just do enough for it to make sense and I think that's fine. Yeah. And it just it just like it's it's really great that so there's a there's an actor in there called I think his name is Tony Tony Lung and he's he's kind of the main um 
Batty, you see him in the trailers. He's the, he is he's the the the, le- the leader of the Ten Rings. Um, he's the guy who has the Ten Rings on his arms. But he's a famous Hong Kong actor, and I've actually seen him in a film called The Grandmaster. It's actually I think it's on Netflix still. This incredibly stylish uh, interpretation of Ip Man, essentially, and it's it's a gorgeous looking film, and the kung fu is epic. And he brings like his expertise in like the action sequences, and you can like you can see just the casting choices they made means that it lends a lot to the film rather than making a decision like a lazy decision. Like all the casts are fantastic, but I don't want to go into too many other details because I don't want to spoil it for people. But he's brilliant at like his presence is amazing. I found like I personally, I thought just cause maybe if I, I had more of an understanding of his history and some of his other films, maybe that kind of, I had some bias, <laughs> but you know, he was great in that. He was great in that sense as well. And when, when, you know, some of the characters come to come to Knox, just to just read like there was bits in the film where, Shang-Chi is flipping about the place and I honestly just outlined and went, oh, wow. Like I properly, <laughs> look at this guy. This It's just fun. It's creative. It reminds you of like clever Jackie Chan choreography at times. Like that. Kind I of- was ju- I was just about to say, I, ca- I miss those type of films. You know, like yeah. Rumble in the Bronx and stuff like that. Rush Hour 2. Rush, I love Rush Hour Two is excellent to be honest. Uh, Rush Hour Three is not, but Rush Hour Two is. I watched that film about a million times on so DVD. Good. Probably so much that I actually had worn the DVD, even though I didn't know that was possible. But God, I watched it a lot. Mm. But yeah, I, I just kind of miss those like easy films. You just watch very easy, man. I think the Marvel Universe, and this is gonna. I'm gonna talk a little bit about something here in a second. It's gonna highlight why I'm glad that they are doing this now. I I, I think we need. To have some removed films that are like a few a few steps removed from all the Avengers and all the TV mm. shows and all this kind of crack. I think it's we need to get back to that separation. You know, we need to have a character stand on their own two feet before they're already chucked into the gigantic cinematic universe and they're part of the Avengers and they're fighting Thanos and they're blah blah blah. Because that's just that's just too much now, you know, and it raises 100%. too much questions and actually is going to feed into. Completely. So, so do you mind if do you have anything else to say about it? Because if not, I'm actually just going to jump straight into my next topic because it'll suit it and it'll it'll feed the conversation. But if there is anything else you want to say about it, I mean, you can throw it in now. All I'll, say, I'll just summarize by saying they've got a fantastic new leading superhero. He's brilliant, um, and this movie's a lot of fun. This is a movie actually that's worth seeing the cinema because it's just good fun. So I would I recommend people go see it. And also some nice commentary on Asian culture that I think is you know that we wouldn't have perspective on normally. But it's great to see mm. it in a major superhero film, um, yeah. and boy oh boy does it lean into the just the, the mythology and stuff of just Chinese culture in a nice way that I wouldn't have had a clue about. It's just it's just fun in that sense as well, and oh, yeah. and it connects just enough what it needs to do to connect it to the MCU without it being frustrating and just unnecessary. Yeah. Yes, there you go. And that's like I'm I'm very very I'm actually very much looking for. I've I've tried to stay away from a lot of reviews, do, and reviews yeah, around it do, because yeah, yeah. that stuff is just stay away from it to be honest. But it looks great. I'm actually looking forward to it. I'm excited about seeing it. And it seems like a real back to the cinema kind of a blast movie, yeah, you know, which is exactly what I want. Just what it and, says in the tin. Yeah, and Black Widow denied me that. So now the topic <laughs> that I'm going to move on to because Look, we try to do things a little bit differently on this podcast. Oh, we try. We definitely try. True. Yeah, we do try. So this next segment, I'm going to call the the MCUMO, which is the Marvel Cinematic Universe Missed Opportunities. Yeah. Not singing his title. To be honest. Oh, I mean, Muco. Muco more. Anyway, yeah, no, it's not. But neither is the MCU, and people accept that. So. That's fair. 
and realistic it's us we're going to do this segment once and that's it done we'll never ever revisit it so it's absolutely fine <laughs> well maybe but... <laughs> we'll, re- like, we'll revive it in like five years and act like how, how can you not remember this yeah. that one time that we we'll used? do like our, our hundred episode we'll have more segments and we'll just bring them all back it's like what even is this <laughs> but I'm basically going to use this to critique and this is why you can get involved in this Rob as well we can go oh. back and forth about this yeah, because yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to use this missed opportunities piece and it's exactly what you were talking about there in Shang-Chi and the separation about I want to use it to criticize Black Widow because again we don't do reviews but I feel like this is a useful way to deconstruct the film and talk about it in mm. terms of how it fits in a larger narrative and maybe what potential choices should be made and we've talked about this one specifically a lot so this is this is interesting I think exactly sure. and it's out long enough now that I feel like people have seen it I don't want to go into the TV series because again a lot of people may not have watched that yet so let's not do that but my my, my I, I, and here's the thing I talk about the, the big the big thing I'm going to go with okay for missed opportunities and it's Black Widow is the whole and the whole story that sounds like a really easy like what do you mean the whole story Russ? but I mean the whole story as in it seems like a really missed opportunity for some reason to set this story after Civil War, the movie, after Captain America Civil War and before Avengers Infinity War. Mm. It seems like such a ludicrous... And like Marvel have been so good at the decisions made in these films so far. And I know they're doing it because we want to have Natasha and we want to have Scarlett Johansson in it because that's a was a moneymaker and that's a star. But to, t- to take a story that has so much potential about the Red Room and what happened in her past and she mentions in Captain America Winter Soldier... That she met the Winter Soldier and the Winter Soldier yes. tried to uh, attack her and all this. She has a scar. She has a scar in that film from his bullet wound. Exactly. And she mentions I was protecting this uh, engineer. I believe it was an Iranian engineer. I could be wrong, but she says something like that. And like all these little things to draw on. There's a scene in the Age of Ultron where you see her looking at the children in the Red Room, looking at the ballets, dancing, and they're making them kill people. And all this exciting stuff. Or in Civil War where she turns to Hawkeye and said, this is just like Budapest. Yes. And then he is a great line where he says, you and I remember Budapest very differently. But like, that could, again, another another story from her past that they reference. Yeah. So, so just the missed opportunity here is that it seemed like the Marvel Cinematic Universe was laying these breadcrumbs and was setting up this story for us that they were eventually going to tell us and would be so interesting. Then the Black Widow film came out and it started off with that story here is the people they're they're russians in america they have to escape really quickly and all of a sudden young child natasha gets put in the red room and the, the music plays over like really distressing scenes of like the children being like you know reprogrammed and all this and broken down to believe a certain ideology there's a a nirvana song playing over it and it's super dark and i was like wow wow we're actually going to get this and it, like superimposes the, the villain in all these scenes throughout history and you're like okay this is interesting and it reels like i'm like this is excellent They're actually quite dark and it's like almost like child trafficking and i'm like oh my god this is actually going to be the kind of film i wanted and then it just goes whatever 21 years later and tells a bog standard superhero story with no connection really except for like a, a random off-handed comment about the marvel universe you know and I just said that that was a good thing about about Shang-Chi that doesn't connect too much. But this is Black Widow. Who has a history. Who has a history. And post-Civil War, when all the Avengers are out there, when all these superheroes are out there and all these characters, so that if you don't mention them, it's so glaring. It's so glaring. Like, So, 
Rob, earlier this week I was talking about a comic that I want you to read and I talked about it before on this podcast and it's called uh, The Winter Soldier The Bitter March The Bitches Matches yeah T-shit, that's what you thought the picture said yeah <laughs> Sorry, but it, it, it's, this comic? It, it's like it's like a story set in the Cold War and it's, I'm not going to say what happens in it I'm just going to talk about the premise because Marvel have done a few things now where they, they take some of the stories from the comics and they adjust who the characters are about so with Age of Ultron they, they made Tony Stark create Ultron where in the comics it's Hank Pym who creates Ultron and that's his major major character like so they've, they've changed things here and there and give people different things and Mysterio is actually like you know created because he used to work with Iron Man and things like that that they've changed so this comic was almost built upon all those breadcrumbs that they were leaving in those Marvel Universe films so the Winter Soldier back in the Cold War set in the 80s it goes to assassinate this I think it's a, like a German scientist but the but the black the, the shield send in uh, uh, an agent to 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 stop it and to get her out, and there's also all these like Hydra agents around it as well. And the story is brilliant. It's about the three different sides kind of going at each other, and every time one of them gets the upper hand, another comes in out of nowhere. It portrays Bucky really dangerously, which uh, Winter Soldier did. It describes him that way constantly. So why didn't they just take a story like that and like put Black Widow in it, who seems perfectly suited to that kind of role who's already talked about meeting the winter soldier when trying to protect a scientist mm. and just managed to get away and she's be younger you can see her in her days when she actually worked for the red room as opposed to shields yeah when she's a bad guy yeah it seems like set up so so i was actually just randomly reading that comic the other night and all i could think about was the movie black widow and why it decided to tell this random generic story instead of using what it all had set up and even had the first few minutes set up itself like show us i, I know do you, do you do you know where i'm coming from here do you what do you think what are your thoughts on this are you like do you understand the decision they made or are you like no I, that would have been yeah. good i think i know why they made it um but it was for the wrong reasons i think it's because one they wanted to make sure that they still had a franchise when this movie finished so they had to tee up a second black widow which they did and now, whenever Marvel make films, they have they're always considering, okay, well, how can we make a dime or a spin off here, using you know for the Disney Plus TV show Neck of the Woods, and I feel like that unfortunately is getting in the way of some of the creative decisions here. Not that they couldn't have done that in a in a Black Widow film set twenty years ago. I just feel like that was an easy option for them. They felt like they're under pressure to make this film as well before the sort of the legacy of. Black Widow had waned because you know we're already a couple of years after Endgame at this point. Yeah. I mean, this film should have been out years ago. I don't know how yeah. people would have gone to see this in a heartbeat, um, but they waste they footered about with Ant Man two instead because they needed it for Endgame. Like you know, a lot of the decisions that they make for the standalone films are there to service the larger story arc, and this happened. And the more we progress into these films, I think the more they're a little bit strangled by their own <laughs> creation. I was going to say, this is the exact, exact thing that I was thinking about. And it's in in the film, it actually shoots itself in the foot. Because the whole thing about the Black Widow assassinating this guy, he was try- she was trying to assassinate this really villainous guy. And her da- the daughter, his daughter yeah. got caught up, but she had no choice. Because this is what she had to do to clean the ledger and to get out from under all the bad stuff she did. You know? And it undermines that itself by bringing that cat the daughter turns out the daughter's not dead she's absolutely fine and the person she tried to kill the villain is also absolutely fine inexplicably by the way as well oh no no explanation 
And but what that does is that it's like the, the films now have to be perfectly clean because that character, the Black Widow, was always supposed to have red on her ledger, and she was always supposed to be a little bit. She's done stuff that she's not proud of. She's mm-hmm. had black. She's done bad things, but now those bad things are getting taken away. Well. The Taskmaster is fine. And it was the villain who actually did the wrong thing by subjecting her to reprogramming. And even that in itself, like the reprogramming angle of taking the children and indoctrinating them into this belief is much more interesting than taking the children and then giving them some stupid mind control device that makes them go against their will. You know, cologne. that's 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 less he interesting. Wears, he to wears me. cologne and she can't punch her. This, which is ludicrous but it's like you're taking any agency it's a, a black widow would be a much much more interesting character if she had agency back in those days she was reprogrammed or deprogrammed by by the people she worked for to believe in that ideology until mm. she was able to get out from under it but saying that well they're just actually mind controlled is so much less interesting for a character because then you can't hold them responsible for any wrongs exactly. they've done. And that's, that's much less interesting. It just, gives them, it just gives them an out then. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's like so many points in that. And it's funny. There are points in, the, in, in Black Widow that, that lean into what could, what like flashbacks and things that really lean, show you the potential of what the film could have been. Like we, you and I talked about it already and you mentioned it there. Just the potential of that first scene. Because it's really tense and you're scared for them. You're like, how are they? How are they they're a young family. How are they going to escape? The Russians on the run. The police are coming in. And I love the idea of it just being like these black, t- these blacked out, um, just mysterious jeeps. Like you don't know who it yes. is that's hunting them down in the night, and they're just a family and, like fleeing and like. And I like the kind of grounded like it's not daft sort of action sequences. Just these little nods of like, oh, your man's super strong. He just like hoofs a digger out of the way. The cat, yeah. To like get the plane out and stuff, and like it's really tense, and it reminded me of this TV show that I watched called The Americans, and it's about that. It's that. It's that logic of you know Russians implanted as fake American families, and their accents are perfect, so they're so well disguised they just live in like American suburbia and get by. And there's real tension to them being out and about doing their daily sort of pretend sort of things and errands when in reality they're always spying and there's always something behind the veneer. That's a that's a really interesting concept. They teased that there at the start of the film and I remember thinking, oh, wow, wow, are we, we going to see her when she's, like, she's as a spy, like, planted, like, deep in, like, like you know, in the Ameri- in American society and what she yeah. gets up to there? No, we don't get that. And, yeah, then we, we that. And, then we, and then we get another hint of, like, when, to your point, when she goes to blow up that, like Ray Winston. Why did they cast him, by the way, as a Russian? Just cast a oh, Russian actor. My the most God. fucking cockney man in Hollywood, and they cast him to play a Russian. Anyway, that's another problem I have. But the the scene where she, it flashes back to her in the car and they're going to blow up the building has amazing parallels to a scene in Munich. And I remember thinking, oh, maybe we get more of this, this tension of her working yes. kind of like, against the grain and like being a bad person and making tough decisions and like, yes. real threat. No. No, that, 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 we get a flicker of it and then, no, the daughter's alive. Like, the movie hinted towards, it's, the movie itself hinted towards what it should have been. Yes, yes. It, it wasn't brave enough to take that leap. I wanted Cold War tension. I wanted there to be, I wanted to see her have to make these tough decisions. Not this stupid, like, so lazy affair, like, Asher, Jesus, we'll just break him out of prison. We'll have a bit of a laugh while we're doing it. Like, yeah, we have, like, it's almost like a heist movie. Oh, well, you're in, you're in, you're in. Ho, 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 ho. It's just, oh, and but I was thinking 
is like it's so easy the way they just all the black widows just oh well it's not their fault i'll just pour this gas on them they're all fine and they're like well well how about the rest of the guy's operation does he has all these like are those guys mercenaries working with him why does he need mercenaries if he can literally control people's minds like what why bother try to take it down this angle of like you know what's what's in, in, in a huge resource is like young women to be kidnapped and all that but then not show the trauma of what she went through like set the first 30 minutes of the film in the red room as a child as she's been broken down as she's been reprogrammed and then have like okay this is like her just like a mission she's going on and all of a sudden as I said that mission has her come across Bucky and all of a sudden it's like crazy well geez that's Bucky he's terrifying and she's trying to stay alive and he's one up on her constantly and at the end Maybe she reclaims a little bit of herself and that's actually what makes her turn away from that life. Exactly. You know? That's what explains how she got to Tony Stark or something down the road. Yeah. That leads her on the right path. Maybe Bucky has a moment. of Remember, even she says really mysteriously that Bucky shot shot the scientist. He said this in Winter Soldier. She says, you know, he, uh, the Winter Soldier shot the scientist, killed him by shooting through me. Yeah. You know, but like the Winter Soldier probably would have just killed her as well if he wanted but, to yeah yeah so then they should have made like a story and again why i said i'm pointing to that specific comic because a lot of similar teams shall we say mm-hmm. do happen in that comic Love without it. spoiling it where bucky has kind of moments of like maybe slight recognition and clarity stuff like that. for a but, sec yeah yeah and there's so much to play with that 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 could be her how she she sees that in him or brings that about in him and then that affects her and that has her turning away and going on to the past how much more interesting is that than i'm going to go up to it to fly onto some base in the sky and the whole thing is going to blow up around me and i'm going to jump going to jump off it like remember so i sent rob today that scene where in Winter Soldier where Bucky is fighting Cap and fighting the Black Widow and like he shoots her a bit and she kind of gets hurt and he punches her and then she's really hurt whereas like you said last time Rob in Black Widow she is like she's like falling from blimps 300 <laughs> like miles in the sky and just rolling it off and being like alright <laughs> there's a bit the bit where she falls off the building and she clatters God. about 20 pipes on the way down and but then she lands on her feet like a cat first of all and then, like, she looks at a, a Black Widow who took a fall from the exact same height, and she's less crippled. even. Yeah. She's crippled on the ground. But her legs are like broken in like that scene in Midsommar, and you're like, "What? What's oh, happening here?" Man. I just feel like they were inconsistent with what the film, what the, what the tone of the film was going to be, what they wanted to do with the character. Like, and also for a character who's known for being, she gets these really fun moments in a lot of the films for being so resourceful because she's just a spy who doesn't have powers. Like, she doesn't really have yeah. that much fancy tech. She's the least equipped at least Hawkeye has a bow she just has these little gadgets so like, you know and they lean into that again god you and I just talk about Winter Soldier all the time but when she's trying but because to just, it's when so she's just, and it's, it's great because she's just trying to keep Winter Soldier just at bay so she does little tricks like leaves the phone by the car with her voice and then tries to like yep. jump him from behind and then uses the gadgets to shock his arm and that kind of stuff whereas in this to beat the bad guy in this film she breaks her nose because he's got a magic cologne that's how <laughs> She solves the problem. This is the, one of the most resourceful Avengers. Arguably the most resourceful. Because she's the smartest when it comes to like dealing with tactics. But that's how they decide to handle her boss fight in her own film. It just sums it up, I feel, in terms of treatment of the character. Again, and removing the agency thing. Having her... Like, she was going to kill him. and She wanted to kill him, but the pheromones wouldn't let her. But that, like, what's supposed to happen in that situation is that the character is supposed to grow and be like, 
I could kill you, but I choose not to. It's, it's a, you're supposed to have the character have the agency. She could have Batman begin them. The, yes, the thing is I don't have to save you. I don't have to save you. And it hops off. But it, it, that's the thing. It removes it removes agency. And I like you said, the further on the Marvel movies go, I think the characters are being lost in the mold. You know, 100%. as in like here is our mold. You pour the plastic in, we smash it on the ground. There's the movie, and the characters <laughs> yes. are losing that. Like the characters are getting lost. Like why not have Hawkeye? They top of Budapest. It shows you a scene in Budapest. Why not have Hawkeye in it? <laughs> why not have him in the scene? <laughs> His arrows are in the wall in the fucking film, nearly. <sighs> and, but also to your point, like the film's already kind of the further you on past say Endgame and stuff, the more you are at the mercy of that story. But if you go before then. You've got fucking free reign. Because nothing has happened up until this point in the MCU. Exactly. And also, it, it, as I said before about impacting it worse, like the fact that you've now given her this family that she says she cares about, yet never mentions in Infinity War, never mentions in Endgame, aren't at her funeral. Only, yeah, only so much retrofitting will account for Work. that. Work, yeah. yeah. Where are all the Black Widows? Why didn't she call them for help when they needed them? In bla- oh, so many things that you can start to then go because if the treads rip apart. Whereas if you if you tell a story from a much younger age, you don't impact as much about what's happening now. It's just ugh. Oh, could ugh. you imagine if they did like a spy thriller and she's going around just doing missions, and the Winter Soldier is just always on her tail and she's just trying oh. to keep ahead of him. Rob, that- just just please just get that comic. <laughs> It's amazing. And the reviews are unbelievable for it. It's only like a five-issue miniseries. It's just one and done by Rick Remender, one of the best comic writers out there, writer of Black Science. It's just, it's fantastic. But look, we, we probably, t- look, basically, I think we should do that from now on where we kind of, I think it's a good thing because I have loads of kind of missed opportunities here as well that mm. were like warrant a good 20-minute discussion each and stuff like that. So it's probably good to to save them for nice big debates like that, which I think are useful because we both get to talk about a few movies and bring them in. So hopefully that'll... We'll do that another time. But Rob, do you have any other kind of do you have any other kind of news or anything you want to talk about or any other sort of random oh, jazz? I, I'm random jazz. Look, I, I'm because I'm on the, the the movie buzz. I have to say I'm really think just now I've got I'm I'm in there's renewed hope for me in the cinema and with the quality of the films that we'll get. Listen, the trailers and stuff and the, the some of the initial reactions coming out from Dune has me oh. so excited. Man, I'm so excited for that. <laughs> it looks astonishing. There's just something about it's just that is my jam. This big, feck off, mysterious sci- sci-fi <laughs> dystopian landscape. Oh, give me that. Mm, get my belly. That's the jib. But <laughs> yum 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 no, in no, my no. belly. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think the weird thing is about the two films that I am most looking forward to. Both almost fit that bill because oh, the two films are The, the Green one. Knight and Doom. Yeah, and they're both just looking. Oh, they're looking pure cinematic escapism you know exactly and just stuff you haven't seen before that's why it's always that's what you want to see if it again like if it falls into a template where you know exactly where it's going to go it's just not interesting whereas these i like i'm debating with myself do i start reading the, the book for dune or do i watch the old one and i'm kind of like maybe i just go in and enjoy this one just raw just just see it for its spectacle and it's for all that it has to offer just at you know from starting at zero <laughs> up to 90 let's go you did you did text it. You're like, should I watch the original? I'm like, I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you, you give me a very inconclusive answer. You were yeah, because you couldn't even describe it. <laughs> oh, but but like to say that it's it's it. I mean, it, it is indescribable. It's it is a smorgasbord of different things happening at once. That you're like, there's like there's sixteen different movies 
crammed into a three hour 45 movie and it's just it's it's interesting it's it's unique is it great i don't think so i don't know it's interesting as i said great music but i think this has and the director that's doing it as well and the same as the green knight they're both visual people they're both spectacle like but not in the terms of blockbuster spectacle in terms of slow cinematic cinematography that i'm just I cannot wait for them. I think it really is going to usher in the cinema is back. Because everyone's like, Tenet, Tenet's going to save everything. And I'm like, Tenet did not save anybody. Oh okay. my God. And, you know, what a miss. Uh, what, a, me, what a miss. That was Chris Nolan high in his own cocaine. That was crazy. Like, it's, he made that thinking that, oh, well, I figured it out in my head after years of developing yeah. the story. So people will know exactly what I'm talking about in two hours. I'm the balls. That's... <laughs> yeah, that's like, and we are both fan. We are both <laughs> tremendous fans of his. Oh, he's but, he's vastly far more hits that, than misses. That's probably his only kind of sort of half miss. At least it was ambitious to be to his credit. To his credit, it, he tries his, things. Yeah, look to his credit, it was it was very ambitious. But the end of that film asks so much from a viewer. That's like, <laughs> I mean, well, retroactively you'll enjoy this, but yeah, but but I'm not enjoying it now. Do you know what's crazy? What's crazy? What's crazy about that film is like, I was working so hard to keep tabs on, like just like what, like what the fuck was going on? I could yeah just, yeah what who was moving forward or backwards at this point? It was and like I get the payoff he was looking for towards the end. Like I saw what happened. And I knew I know what he's doing, and you know where it comes to this cr- crucial crossover. But I just. He, he didn't earn it because I got lost along the way. Do, do you know that scene where where Yuan gets shot? So he goes to the other time to reverse back and get the box off your man or he get to get something off him. Mm. And he does that and, and then he gets caught out. But then it turns out that he was actually tricking the other guy. And it's like Chris Van like, ah, I see what I did there. It's like, no, I have no fucking idea what just happened. Literally in the last 20 minutes, it's like, I know, a, fl- a plane flew into my ear and flew out the other ear and I missed every single thing that happened there are you happy now that's what happened yeah. it was just too tricky to follow he didn't yeah. make it clear like that this is the this is what I look it was and then the guy the guy from Kickass walks in then uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson Aaron Taylor Johnson and, like, and he's like uh, if I ever find you I'll kill you I'm like what the fuck is happening <laughs> <What's>, <laughs> well what is happening here like you, you gotta you gotta do something here to help me out mm. and as I said before you want at the start of him the scientist basically he's like don't think about it too hard I'm like oh great well, this, is, this is great <laughs> yeah but that's such a that's such a throwaway remark to make it for him to try and reassure you that this is gonna be easy to follow that's what he's trying to do with that. He's like, "Don't worry about it; it'll be fine. You'll you'll get it." No, no. But anyway, affect that, affect that shite, affect that noise, because we've got great stuff coming. We've got we've got uh, the Green Knight. We've got June, which I'm very excited for. I like it. Looks astonishing. It's a good two and a half hour. Apparently, they haven't even made a second one. So this is a big gamble. This is like, will they make enough money to make this back? But anyway, sure, they'll be grand. We've also got fucking the Matrix Four. I think there's a trailer coming for that tomorrow. Would you believe? Did you see? Did you see the picture? Did you see the picture? I saw a little teaser video with the pills and then it goes it's the Matrix 
I mean, look, look, do I think they should make another one? No. Should they have made any beyond the first one? No. But still, still, it's good to see. I mean, at this point, Keanu Reeves is just, he's just like, I look the same in every film. I have my long hair. I don't care if I look like John Wick. That's what I'm going to look like in every film from now on. But I love Keanu Reeves. He's a great guy. Seems awesome. What else can they do with that franchise? Who knows? Probably ruin it, but it's already bad. So look, I'm excited about it. Sure thing, I'll definitely go see it. But do we need another one? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is why it's interesting though, because it wasn't a perfect trilogy, but that's <laughs> as we all know. So maybe people the problem is people are only ever look back at the Matrix finally because of the first one. But if you view it as well, maybe this will be a massive improvement on the third one. Well, hey, look, there's a net gain. But I mean it, it can't not be. It, it can only be redeemable, is what I would say. Do you remember they go into the mad BDSM club in that film? Why was that a thing? Um, I don't. I remember they have that weird nightclub party that they're all getting off with each other in the, on the, the new... That's what I'm... Yeah. That's Sorry, yeah, that's <clears throat> that's what I was referring just, to. <clears throat> just just not a good... Just not a good film. <laughs> I don't know. That, that was just mad. <laughs> that's a lot of leather. <laughs> that's a lot of there, leather. There is a lot of leather chaps in that movie, to be honest now. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. But I am going to go see it. But it is good to just know that there's good films on the horizon. Man, such a lineup. So much coming. There's that The Eternals, which looks at least, again, interesting. That second trailer, that like second we... trailer blew me away now. I didn't expect it. The first one I was like, okay, not a lot from this. Second one, I'm like, okay, you know what? You know That's what? I like this. Again, yeah. Yeah, because they deliberately hired. It's amazing how they'll just. This, this lady who's. Chloe Zhao, whose film style is. She has one, her and a cameraman and then like a couple of actors and she just like drives across the US on a minuscule budget and like figures out the story on the way and then they hand her this $250 million blockbuster. It's astonishing. But to be fair, you can see it's a very visually driven story, which I actually, like sometimes it works when they hire these indie directors. Sometimes it probably doesn't because it's just, there's too many cooks mm. in the kitchen. But I think this looks mad. The spectacle on this looks interesting. God, and then I mean, then of course Spider Man coming at the end of the year. Do we talk about very quickly? Hello, Peter. Oh my God, it was great. I, I, great scene. Oh God, it was very good. Alfred Molina back. Man, that's something down a rabbit hole of just watching Spider Man too. Yeah, clearly, because you sent me uh, Doc Ock singing today. So yes, come on, and that's of, good fun. And that's of course, content. I sent you Pretty Woman scenes William with Defoe. William Defoe's face. CGI'd onto a deep fake, whatever you call it, onto Julia Roberts' body, and it was both terrifying and amazing at the same time. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it was so jarring how well his face fit in there, and I could totally see him because of Boondock Saints as well. Like that, it didn't seem too far fetched for him to be to <laughs> to pull out a performance. You text like me, you're like he's a chameleon, as if that actually was him, as if they refilmed this and it was him, not Julia Roberts. I, I, know, I was like. That's a good reply right there. Like, thank you so, man. Yeah, but man, we, there, there's just so much coming up to, to look forward to. But I think, come on, the, the him being back, Alfred Molina being back, that had me feck Toby and Andrew because they were so interesting by comparison. But like those two powerhouse actors, get them in there. That's gonna be good. I think they, I think they knew. I mean, they 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 chose the Doc Ock reveal over at Toby Maguire and over an Andrew Garfield, and people were like, they may be saving that. But I mean, if you see. If you see him there, you're going to assume that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are going to be back. And it's like, that's not even as important. We know what you want to see. And just say, yeah, hello, Peter. And I remember I sent you that gif 
or the video and he was like oh, d- hello amazing. there <laughs> hello Peter and he has all the dark on this lightsabers on this excellent stuff oh the oh, internet people so are clever. clever oh people are clever people are clever out there too, well, too clever too clever sometimes Speaking of Willem Dafoe, very quickly, there's an interesting looking video game coming out called 12 Minutes. And I just watched the trailer. It's him, James McAvoy, Daisy Ridley. Top down, weird, sort of story based little indie game. Looks very interesting. Yeah, the one 12 12 minutes happens over and over and over and over again. But you you know more about the 12 minutes, what's going to happen and what's about to happen every time. So. Kind of like a Groundhog Day sort of game almost. Interesting. I thought that looked great. Not William Defoe's first game because he also did that. Uh, Beyond is that what's called that game that nearly got sued. Oh, with 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 Elliot Page. Yes, they mo- there's a scenes in the shower, and instead of just you know obviously not modeling the entire the entire uh, body, they they was found in the data files that they act they data mined it, and they'd actually quite horrifically entirely modeled her naked body so yeah in quite graphic detail <sighs> true yeah it's just in, in, insane insane but like but like man that, that video game studio has done some weird stuff they did the, the weird origami killer game i can't I forget what it's called yes uh, heavy rain heavy rain there's just some weird stuff in that that's odd the- that's a bit unnecessarily sexual, to be honest. Yes, there is. There is as well. Actually, that's very true. They did a new one as well about robots that I not didn't seem didn't seem great to be on. Played the demo. I don't understand the appeal of those games. They're so slow moving, and then and then it's scripted. Yeah. You just press buttons. You just guess what button is the right button to press. It's not yeah, I don't understand the, the, the idea. They the, the apply the label of game on them is is a little is a little. I, I'm like, is this a game? I mean, really, you know? It's like saying Bandersnatch. It's like a exactly. Netflix film. And I did not enjoy Bandersnatch, so... But, yeah, look, this... Hopefully this 12... This, what's called 12 Minutes? Is that what it's called? Yes, yeah, hopefully this minutes. won't be like that. Hopefully it will be... It will be more interactive good. and good. <laughs> yeah, and good. The keyword there, underlined, <laughs> triple, good. <laughs> Very boring in terms of how you decide on most things, I feel. Well... As long as it's go. not like those other things. All right. Well, look, uh, will, we, will we wrap it up there then, Rob? I think we've covered a good shortage of content. In classic fashion, <laughs> we spent half an hour talking about one film and then just blitz through six or seven on the in the last few minutes, which I think I think it's sense. it's the way we want it. The big hits, the way it feels like now with all the trailers and the new movies, it's just constant, you know. Bloody uh, oh, a lot of content. Uh, Top Gun Two will be here in no time. Mission Impossible two back to backs. So we got it. You got to race. I showed them. you that we watched that the other day, did I? Yeah, because you just sent me the, the the volleyball, the picture of the volleyball scene, and I think you said playing with the boys, oh. or I think I replied saying playing with the boys. <laughs> no, I said I said playing with the boys because Ross is obsessed with <laughs> the song, which I didn't realize was remastered for oh, yeah. Rocket League by someone else. But the original came on in Top Gun. I was just like, you have to be fucking kidding me that this is the song that's playing. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But Rob. Good fun. Matt. Stevens isn't that fun. That's a great film, to be honest. Oh, and the music as well is just just excellent. But Rob, if people want to hear our other episodes, where can they find us? Oh, Jesus. Well, not down. They don't have to bloody well. Data mind the feckin' episode. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> to find nothing, fully, nothing dodgy, nothing fully dodgy. digitized naked versions of us on the MP3 files. Yeah, exactly. Rob, you told me you weren't going to do it this time. <laughs> I had to. It's all there. I put it up in. Man, we're in the public domain now. We have to. We have to play it by the rules. <laughs> That's, very, That's very funny. <laughs> Sorry, my computer just had a bit of a wow moment there. 
Uh, they can find us in SoundCloud, on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Podtail, Podchaser, Google, Amazon, anywhere you're going to have a podcast. We, we typically are there. It's amazing because we never give permission expressly, <laughs> but they're, they're there anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, but there you but you can find them. Castology, all the cast, all these things. All, all the stuff. And then... Um, there, you did. There's the website, capunderstands.com, and then of course the Twitter, where all the interaction happens. That's where all the banter is. Except when you're listening to this bloody thing. Um, that's at capunderstands as well, and a uh, bit of crack on there at all as well. Loads, loads of different places to find us and interact and have a good time. It is have a laugh. It is indeed, and we hope that you guys and girls and everybody around there had a great laugh listening today, and hopefully you enjoyed us and come back next time because there'll be more random chats about movies, mostly Marvel stuff, and mostly about us talking about the Winter Soldier. But I guess <laughs> realistically, all that is left to say is that I have been Ross, and I've been Rob, and this has been. I sort of, kind of, maybe, maybe I kind of sort of know what I understood that reference. Get up them stairs and understand that reference. Get up them stairs. Get up them stairs, you good thing. And uh, thanks for listening. Take care of yourselves out there. Slauncher. Yo, yo, scallywags. Oh.